Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to the book of Acts, chapter 20, where Paul is saying goodbye to the elders of the church of Ephesus before getting on a ship to sail to Jerusalem. And there in Acts 20, starting in verse 32, it says this. Paul is speaking. He says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, when I picture Paul in his life, I tend to think of him preaching, traveling, planting churches, or even as a scholar, arguing in the synagogue, or writing a large portion of the New Testament scriptures. But I don't usually think of him as a businessman, or a tradesman, or a man who in places like Ephesus worked in the marketplace as a tent maker while planting and establishing a church there. Here in Acts 20, as he's saying goodbye to these believers, he reminds them of his example of hard work and how that work not only supplied his own needs and those of his companions, but also the needs of the poor and the weak. One of the great misconceptions among believers, I believe, is this perceived distinction between a ministerial calling as being spiritual and a calling to a secular occupation as being unspiritual. The reality is there is no such thing as secular employment for a believer. God wants to redeem everything in our lives for his kingdom purposes. It's in fact our own worldview and understanding of our calling that needs to change so that we see the, that the work of our hands is a spiritual activity and to understand how to inject the leaven of the kingdom into the gates of the marketplace. Any gospel that doesn't work in the marketplace doesn't work. We see this with Paul. In many instances, we as God's people have removed the gospel from the marketplace and relegated it to the church sphere only. But God hasn't placed his spirit in a temple or a synagogue. He has placed his spirit in people. And he did this for a reason. Where God's people exist, the presence and authority of the king is also present. This is why Jesus spoke of his church as the ecclesia. Wherever there is an assembly of believers, there is kingdom authority and presence. The value of God's call on our lives is not in the title, but in the one who issues the call. A stay-at-home mom or a truck driver has just as valuable a calling as a missionary or a pastor because it's God who has called us and assigned us to that role. Romans 11.29 says, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. When I really see this, 
I can then also embrace my specific role as an opportunity to expand the beachhead of the kingdom of God into that sphere where God has strategically placed me. We've seen how as a person operating under authority, I can release God's blessing as I submit to authority and serve in that capacity as unto the Lord. Because the Bible says that I am, in fact, serving the Lord by serving those God has placed in authority over me. But on the other side, if I am in a position of spiritual authority myself, I must also realize how to exercise that authority in a godly and biblical way. As we've spoken about, God's purpose in delegating authority is not for the wielding of power, but to serve, to bless, to protect, and to lead. In a kingdom business, you see this worked out in four ways. Through prayer, integrity, excellence, and generosity. You see how all of these were demonstrated by Paul. He is praying a blessing on these people, on these believers, and then points out that he coveted no one's possessions, but worked hard with his own hands and was generous to supply the needs of both his, his companions and the weak who could not work for themselves. In Colossians 4 that we looked at last episode, Paul tells masters to give to those who are under their authority what is right and fair. Integrity and generosity are prophetic acts that have an impact on the spiritual atmosphere of the marketplace. I recently heard the testimony of a man God had used in Mexico in starting a Thrive Without Bribes initiative in his city, and that was having such a, a significant and positive impact on his city that it caught the attention of the president of Mexico and has now gone national. He is now discipling his nation through the injection of kingdom principles of integrity in government and the marketplace. You see, what happens is that if the church fails to occupy the gates like the marketplace with the teachings and principles of the kingdom, then what remains is a vacuum into which the enemy steps in and installs his emissaries who disciple the nations and set up strongholds of deception and corruption. Right now, nations are already being discipled through the belief systems and practices that occupy the gates of our cities. In the Old Testament, God warned Israel that if they didn't drive out the inhabitants of the promised land, then those same people would ultimately become barbs in their eyes and thorns in their side. This is critical for several reasons, not the least of which is that it is those who hold places of authority who are responsible for the spiritual atmosphere over the places where they serve. The church has been commissioned to occupy until he comes, going into all the world and discipling nations. One of the biggest and most encouraging trends in missions right now is this idea of kingdom business. In so many nations where it's illegal to go as a traditional missionary or simply unwise because of intense persecution, Believers are going into these places by starting a business that meets a felt need in the community. Once there, they pray and live out kingdom principles of integrity, excellence, and generosity in these dark places, while then looking for the opportunity to share the gospel with the people with whom they now have favor 
because of their positive impact on the community through their business practices. This shouldn't just be a mission strategy, but a kingdom norm for those who dwell in the gates of influence in our culture. Because we know this is true. God's power and presence always accompany God's call. I mean, look at what God did through Paul in Ephesus. He didn't just succeed in planting a church there, but after two years of teaching and sharing the gospel, Acts 19 verses 10 through 12 says that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. And it goes on to say, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Wow. These aprons were the work clothes that Paul used in his profession as a tent maker. What a powerful testimony of God's power, healing, and deliverance brought about through the garments of his labor. Psalm 90 verse 17 says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. As God's favor is evidenced in our lives through the work of our hands, God will then establish his kingdom through his church, through the ecclesia, while displacing the enemy who has usurped authority and occupied those places that have been abandoned rather than reclaimed by God's people. Today, may those of us who hold positions of spiritual authority see our calling in a new way and serve those under our authority through prayer and with integrity, excellence, and generosity. Amen.